0: You are a part of the Lucky 10,000, with your hosts, Evan.
1: Who is scruffy looking? And Carissa. I don't know who you are or where you came from. From now
0: on, you do as I tell you, okay? Hey guys. Hey everybody. This is Evan. And I'm Carissa. And we're the Lucky 10,000, the podcast that gets you luckier than... Talking talk to a friend over Skype. Aww. Or record a podcast when they could be sitting right in front of you. That's lucky, right? At least you still get to talk, right? Yeah, that's true. At least you still get to say things.
1: That's exactly right.
0: And have them respond in a timely fashion. Yep. <laughs> And we are brought to you by not only Podbean and Stitcher, but also, of course, the Bearded Pods Network, that's beardedpodsnetwork.com, and the Tangent Bound Network, and also Google Play. So there's plenty of options for you to listen to us, but as always, if you listen to us through any of those options, please also support the other amateur podcast networks out there, because uh, they desperately need your support, and what better community support than podcasts in general?
1: Yeah, I can agree with that.
0: I think we can all get on board with that. There's another thing we can all get on board with, though. Star Wars is awesome, mostly.
1: May the fourth be with you.
0: May the fourth be with you guys. So, Carissa had the idea for us to talk a little bit more about Star Wars. Now, that in it in and of itself can be difficult because we've already talked about it a lot. And who hasn't, really? Yeah, if you're a geek at all, then you've talked about Star Wars. In, in one way or another, passionately, not passionately, negatively, positively, it's one of those things that has filled pop culture so much. There are so many different aspects of it, and there are so many different feels that it's created. Although it's interesting when you run into people who still know nothing about it. They do this thing at, at a local theater around here every year called the 24-Hour Play Festival, and I've I've acted in it every year until this last year when they asked me to direct. Cool. And the play I directed, because, you know, it is 20, literally 24 hours. The plays are written at 7 o'clock Friday night. Well, they start to be written at 7 o'clock Friday night. And all the actors are cast, directors assigned, and then the plays are rehearsed all day. And you perform them at 8 o'clock. So, you know, it is basically 24 hours to get plays created, staged, all that fun stuff. The play I got had a lot of geek references in it. And one of the actresses in the play, she's very fond of telling the story to everyone that she knows. Had to have some direction because she was supposed to be a geek and she didn't know shit. <laughs> okay. So when I was trying to explain to her about Star Wars, I, can't, I don't even remember Star Wars is mentioned that much in the play, but there were definitely some cursory mentions to it. And again, if you're a geek, even if you hate Star Wars, if you're a geek, you know it.
1: Even if you're not a geek, it's such a staple of just modern pop culture.
0: Oh, yeah. It is definitely one of those things that has transcended a small group of people. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think these days, even if you're young, to just be completely oblivious about Star Wars is deliberate. You have to go out of your way to avoid knowing anything about it.
0: Well, you'd think. uh, This woman is around my age, maybe slightly older, and she knew nothing. Absolutely nothing. And she's very fond of Talking about you know, I in a very abbreviated amount of time, I tried to talk to her about the original trilogy and the impact it had, and then the prequels, and I kept explaining how Jar Jar Binks was an awful character, and not not a not a peep of recognition, and she kept calling him Juju bb
1: and seriously, not on purpose.
0: No, not on purpose at all. She had no idea what I was talking about.
1: See, that just strikes me as intentional. Like you have to just have a willful blindness to that part of popular culture.
0: You know, but I do think it's possible to at least know. I mean, she'd heard of Star Wars, of course, but she didn't. She'd never seen them. She'd never been around too many people that were passionate about it or that talked about it. Or if they did, she didn't pay any attention because that is just not her thing.
1: That's just so weird to me.
0: Is, it was very bizarre. So what we're going to do is we're just going to have some fun talking about some certain aspects of Star Wars that we think we haven't touched on before. Don't get too upset at us if we have because it's really impossible
1: and honestly, we're just celebrating May the 4th.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I wanted to start this off with a question to you, because we talked, I think, at decent length about The Force Awakens and how much we both really enjoyed it. Yes. But I don't think we ever got to sort of officially rank it. Now, there's a show on Screen Junkies, on the YouTube channel Screen Junkies, called Movie Fights. Where they get three people, sometimes pretty well-known people, to come on and debate something. And then they have a moderator who decides who made the best argument. Okay. And after The Force Awakens came out and they knew that everyone associated with the show had seen it, they asked them to rank it all the Star Wars movies. Uh, And this this is the thing. This is where I think passion clouds judgment. Because... Obviously there were some people that were thrilled that the movie was nothing like the prequels and kind of brought everything back to form and right. everything. And the first guy was like, Oh, Force Awakens, it's best of the series. I personally don't think I could go that far. Okay. The second guy was like, I would put it third behind Empire Strikes Back and The New Hope. I was like, you know what? I can I can totally jibe with that. Okay. Third guy was like, it's the worst of the series. And that's where I kind of went, okay. <laughs> that's just empirically impossible to say. I think. I agree, and
1: I know that we've talked about that, too. I agree that it is objectively untrue. Like, it is just factually false. Uh, have we talked about this on the podcast? Yeah. God damn it, right out of the gate. No, I mean, not the <laughs> Screen Junkies thing, but just that there were people saying that it was the worst, which it's just literally not possible.
0: Yeah, I don't even see the technically, acting-wise, special effect. There were just so many things better than the prequels. Even if you like the story of the prequels better. Sure. As a film, it's so much better than those prequels. Yes. But if I were to ask that same question of you, Carissa, because I'm kind of with the second guy. Like, I would probably rank it third. I think Empire Strikes Back is still overall the best of the series just because of the techniques that were used, everything that came together so perfectly well. The stakes were high. You know, it kind of had the balls to end everything on a dark note when that kind of wasn't the norm in, in those types of movies and people didn't automatically assume there would be a sequel, although I'm sure many people thought. right. And A New Hope only because it gave us the world. Yeah. I think Force Awakens technically is probably a slightly better movie than A New Hope, but A New Hope was like really George Lucas at his absolute peak and the imagination was flowing, but he also had those roadblocks that sometimes actually make you a better creative thinker. You know, how to get around what the studio is telling you it should be. How do you deal with the fact that you don't really have the budget that you want, but you still want to make it look good. Right. I think those things made that movie great and gave us the universe, so it has to be respected for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd probably put Force Awakens third right above Return of the Jedi. Okay.
1: My real problem with putting this in a ranking, it is above the prequels, hands down.
0: Yeah, let's just say out of the four, where does it rank? Yeah,
1: because really, it is not in the bottom three. It just can't be. No. And I think initially I would say that I agree with the Screen Junkies guy. Yeah. But what The Force Awakens doesn't have at this point is staying power.
0: That's a good point.
1: I've seen it what, three, I guess three times in the theater. As have I. And that's it. And that was recently. I've seen the original trilogy countless, countless times. Right. And will still watch every single one of them. Right. And they haven't lost anything from when I was young. Right. They remain as good as they were, if not better than they were the very first time. Right. I don't know that I can say that about The Force Awakens because I haven't gone back to watch it 10 years later. Right. After the initial joy of it being better than the prequels <laughs> wore off, I did have some problems with it.
0: Oh look, th- there's definitely issues with it. I think the issues are minor compared to the whole, but at the same time, yeah, there's there's some there's some quibbles.
1: I mean, not that there aren't like objective problems with the original trilogy too. Right. But There hasn't been enough time for me to judge whether or not the problems that I have with The Force Awakens, which are different than the problems that I would have with the original trilogy. Sure. If those are bigger or they just seem bigger because it's new and I actually got to see this in the theater as an adult as opposed to I was like... (laughs)
0: Right. But that's what I think the magic of that movie was. That's why I would place it so high is because it returned some of those childhood feelings. It really gave me back some of the stuff that even in my darkest days of trying to defend that the prequels were actually good movies. It really kind of gave me back a piece of that. And I think that magic is really good at sort of sanding off some of the rougher edges of what the problems are, and the prequels just don't have that. However, we are much harsher about the prequels now than we were when they first came out. Oh,
1: yeah, because I really liked at least the first two. Right. The shine had come off the apple by the third one, for the most part, at least.
0: Right. So that is something to consider, too. Are we going to feel the same way about The Force Awakens 10 years down the road? I don't think so, because I don't have that voice in the back of my head with The Force Awakens I did with the prequels that was like, you're wrong. You're so wrong. stop it but you know it, it definitely gave me that feeling that i wanted the prequels to give me and it didn't and they didn't i mean so we'll see having said that would you rank it above any of the original trilogy movies
1: at this point no but it would be very very close okay i can get like on board with that very close fourth and the only reason i think is simply because there is so much more weight, right? emotionally to me in the first three. Oh, of course i think that it is entirely possible that the force awakens is more enjoyable just subjectively to sit down and watch a movie more enjoyable than maybe return of the jedi
0: sure although i think as a movie i might like return of the jedi slightly more than a new hope just in general i don't know if that makes any sense compared to what i said earlier yeah But I think there's more to Return of the Jedi, and it still has those moments that will make me tear up. But it does have some pretty big flaws. I'll I'll probably never be able to sit well with the fact that I got what it was supposed to represent, but now as an adult, the Empire gets less and less threatening when you think about how they had their asses handed to them by midget bears. (laughs) So, you know, there's things like that, but those are are minor quibbles. You know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, midget bears, they're great. And when you're an adult, you're like, man, the Empire kind of wasn't as tough as they said they were. But... All those are minor things. They're still the great in Return of the Jedi far outweighs the bad. And I think there's more meat to it. There's more going on in it than A New Hope. A New Hope is still, when you look at it, kind of a clumsy movie here and there.
1: And it was much simpler.
0: Yeah. Which is but fine. But you I mean... never discount the fact that it gave us Star Wars. Yeah.
1: Oh, no. You're totally right.
0: So having said that, we've both got our rankings. Let's talk about the video that I just watched and you've been trying to get me to watch for like six months.
1: Yes, let's do that.
0: Every time you send it to me five seconds later, I forget about it. And this, I think, is an honest-to-God interesting discussion.
1: I agree. I've really quite liked this man's argument.
0: So you go ahead and set it up, because you know more about it than I do.
1: Okay. At the risk of, like, stealing someone else's content, which is not my intention here.
0: Hey, we're giving him perfect credit. If you, We're not going to show the video. I'll link it to the show notes. If you want to watch it, please do, because it's very interesting.
1: It is. It's called Hard Truths with Doug, and basic concept is that this hard truth states that Jar Jar is greater than Chewie.
0: Yeah. It's a very hard thing to say.
1: It was hard before I'd watched that video. Yeah. But he makes a very compelling argument.
0: Now let's discuss. I I think his arguments, some of them are valid. I think that he definitely, in the truest of debate form, left out some things that sort of didn't support his point. But let's talk about it. Okay. I guess we can start with the disagreements and sort of what he said and how he laid it out.
1: Well, let's explain what he said for those who have not watched it yet, though I do recommend that you do so. It's only 13 minutes long.
0: Yeah, and even if we talk about the points that he made, it's still entertaining to watch.
1: Oh, yeah, he delivers it incredibly well. Basically, his point states that Chewbacca, who most people consider to be loyal, trustworthy, brave, several other positive adjectives, and Jar Jar, who most people Consider to be stupid and annoying and cowardly, and basically his only good point is that he wants to help. That those opinions about those two characters are simply incorrect, right? And are in fact the reverse. That Chewbacca is cowardly and m- maybe loyal-ish, but also <laughs> kind of a deadbeat and not very smart and kind of an asshole. Sure. Whereas Jar Jar actually proves himself to be incredibly brave yes and definitely loyal certainly trustworthy to those who know him and earn his trust and that in the end what that represents is that jar jar is greater than chewbacca yes and the points that he presents are well defended so it's not like he's just talking out of his ass to cause a stir no they're well defended points again totally go and watch the video but The basic premise is Chewbacca is not all the great things you think he is. He's, in fact, the opposite of those things. And Jar Jar, the reverse of that. Right. So?
0: Some of his points are hard to ignore.
1: Which ones in particular?
0: Jar Jar's loyalty, above all, is kind of indisputable. Because he throws himself into a lot of situations where a normal person would go, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. With little to no motivation other than, I'm a good person. Yeah. Chewie... Doesn't quite do that nearly as much. (laughs) Nope. He finds himself in a lot of dangerous situations.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, he travels with a smuggler. He is a smuggler.
0: Right. He joins the rebellion against the Empire. Right. One of the first things he brought up was loyalty and how Jar Jar attaches himself to Qui-Gon because of this life debt and really goes anywhere with him to the possible detriment of himself. And that is the very definition of loyalty. One of the things that he sort of brings up to dispute Chewbacca's unending loyalty, because, no mistake, Chewbacca is unendingly loyal to Han Solo. Yes, absolutely. But because of the Star Wars Christmas special, we find out that Chewie has a family that because of a debt he feels like he owes to Han Solo has completely abandoned them for companionship of a criminal. Yes. I, this is my first bone of contention, I don't think the Star Wars Christmas special happened. I think it was a bad acid trip dream. That Chewbacca or Han had, I think that maybe somebody got some mushrooms on Kashyyyk and they just hallucinated, and and none of it actually happened. B. Arthur was there, none of it really happened. (laughs) So you can't use that.
1: (laughs) Well, it is canon, so yes, they can. is it really? I'm pretty sure George Lucas struck
0: it from his own canon.
1: It sadly, it really is actually canon.
0: It was an Ewok's fever dream. That's what it was.
1: Okay. So you're dismissing one point out of hand because you don't believe it.
0: Right. Okay. It it just it didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Okay. Star Wars Christmas special? What's that? One of the things that I think he sort of ignores about Chewie, because he does paint Chewie as a coward, and there are definitely Chewie has plenty of cowardly moments for strict comedic effect over the original trilogy, but he did fight ugh, in the Clone Wars for like a hot minute, but he is constantly at Han Solo's side and Lando Calrissian's side in the Millennium Falcon in the midst of space battles and danger. It's not like he runs at the threat of any violence. He's constantly shooting people. He's he's seen more war in his lifetime and more battle in his lifetime than Jar Jar Binks will ever see.
1: Yes, almost certainly true. Jar Jar
0: Binks was on the one battle in Naboo and survived accidentally. (laughs) He was brave to be there. Yes. Yes. Absolutely true, but Chewbacca's seen people die left and right. I would argue that perhaps his bravery is stunted a bit by a lot of PTSD. Possibly, okay. And he not throw himself into too many violent situations, but he still finds a way. If he was really a coward, he would not be flying the Millennium Falcon towards the Empire. He would not. Han Solo would be like, "We got to go back and save Luke at the end of A New Hope," and Chewbacca would be like, "Fuck this! I'm taking the escape pod or whatever the Millennium Falcon happens to have." <laughs> but no, he's right there next to Han in the battle. Lasers flying everywhere, people dying everywhere. All well, odds I mean, against him.
1: I would say that he's doing that because he's not going anywhere else. Han is the pilot. He's the yeah, captain but, of the ship. Like the, wherever Han goes, he's going to go. Realizing
0: that you're afraid of a situation and facing it anyway—that's true. And that is exactly what he does. Jar Jar is only brave because he might be ignorant. He's that guy that's like, "Oh, war's fun because I've never been in it before." And then when the shit hits the fans, he's all, oh, God. I don't think Jar Jar was ever like, oh, war's fun. No, but he'd never seen it. He'd never been in it. He didn't really know. I'm not saying it wasn't brave of him to join in the fight. I'm just saying that when the shit really hits the fan, he's kind of useless. Like, everything he does is accidental. That's true. That's absolutely true. So there's that. You know, there are some other points that I could quibble about, I guess. I mean, for the most part, he has a solid point, and I think the one thing he proved to me is, I'll say the one thing that Jar Jar Binks has in spades over Chewbacca is that you take Chewbacca out of the entire Star Wars series, you could still have the plot that it has, and nothing would truly be affected. We would just lose a character that we love. Jar Jar Binks, unfortunately, really affects those, those movies. Yes. Like, you can't really just take him out and have the same plot. No, you cannot. Even in the Phantom Edit, they still had to have the moment where he voted to give Palpatine the senatorial power to call up the clone army. So if he hadn't done that, the whole trilogy would be the quadrilogy, the sextilogy, the whatever the fuck it is right now, <laughs> would would be completely different.
1: Yeah. I mean, totally irrelevant, actually.
0: <laughs> yes. He definitely has more to do with the overall plot. Yes. And so, yes, what he proved to me is Jager might have some better qualities than we originally thought. But you also asked me who would I... It's the worst way to pick a president, but who would I rather have a beer with? It's always going to be Chewbacca. Well, of
1: course. But, I mean, does that make him a better person? Or just more fun to have a beer with?
0: But, you know, the problem is, like, I like people with flaws. That's more representative of of humanity. And and Jar Jar's character is pretty strong, even though he is the most annoying thing ever created. Not to mention the fact that this is not his fault, but he's pretty blatantly racist. Oh,
1: yeah, totally. So... That but hurts. we've talked about George Lucas's not so casual racism. <laughs> yes, we have. In times past,
0: we talked about this recently in an episode of the Bearded Ones. You know, everybody loves Gandhi, but he was kind of racist. So he still did some great things. But maybe I'd rather hang out with Chewbacca than Gandhi as well. <laughs> Simply because Chewbacca don't give a shit who he hangs out with. Jar Jar spends his whole life being a stereotype.
1: Yeah, he does some good things. Don't get me wrong. I think that I was I was actually pretty strongly convinced. By Doug's argument, not that I like Jar Jar any better or would want to hang out with him because I definitely would not, but I did think that his argument took a lot of the emotion out of our attachment to the characters to actually observe them as literary figures the way they're supposed to be. And yeah, it was actually as funny as it was and as kind of, not ironic, but off kilter as it is to say Mm -hmm. Jar Jar's better than Chewy. he made some really good points,
0: which is why I guess it's hard truths. He did make some really good points. I mean, there are definitely things that I think, you know, to prove his points, he left out. But that's kind of what a good debater does.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have to not be like, I know that I just said all this, but, you know, I'm totally wrong and here's why. <laughs> right. And he's not wrong. He's not. He's not
0: totally wrong. I just think that there's more good qualities in Chewie than he... Gives him credit for. ...put forward just to prove his point.
1: Yeah. I think you're not wrong about that either.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, so I have another question for you about Star Wars in general. Okay. And this allows us to deviate a little bit from the movies because you delved far more into the sort of peripheral things, the expanded universe than I have. Yeah. If I were to ask you, as a fan of Star Wars, I want to read a book or play a video game or something like that that really is an integral part of this overall story now. Like not just a one-off story about a character you know, on a planet that, you know, we just never saw in the movies, but something that really had something to do with the overall plot, that's well-crafted story, interesting, stays true to character. What would you suggest?
1: The Timothy Zahn series, the Thrawn trilogy.
0: Excellent. Give us a brief overview.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: Like the most basic way you can tell the plot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very shortly after the end of the original trilogy, the last Grand Admiral of the Empire returns from the Outer Rim after the Empire's been defeated. And the vestiges of the Empire rally to him, and he tries to rekindle the Empire. Awesome. He is the best villain that has ever been written in any fictional story that I've ever read.
0: Mm. He's amazing. Did The Force Awakens have any sort of expanded universe Easter eggs that you saw?
1: Oh, you're asking me to remember like two months ago. <laughs> uh, oh.
0: Just off the top of your head, did you remember going, ooh, that's a reference to so-and-so?
1: None that I remember going, oh, that's something that you had to read this book to know. Right. I don't remember doing that. But again, that was like two months ago. Right. Or more. And fuck, I don't remember anything that far back. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing that jumped out at me so strongly that I would remember it now.
0: I never really got outside the movies. I read some comics. I definitely played some video games that are canon now. You know, I played the Force Unleashed, Mm -hmm. which technically is a story that happens you know during the original trilogy one game that i really got hooked on for a little while that a lot of people seem to hate was a star wars fight game for the original playstation called the master of terraskasi okay and i fucking loved it i will go to my grave saying that was a fun fucking game especially for the you know the that first gen type of that type of gameplay that type of home gameplay it was a fight game it featured a lot of characters from the original trilogy and there's nothing there was nothing more fun at that time for me than being either luke or darth vader and slashing someone with your lightsaber on the other side of the play stage or you know, when you were Dar- when you did get to be Darth Vader, you could, you know, shock them with Force Lightning, which he never actually does. But we just assume he can. It was such a fun game, and I've seen lately so many people shit on it. Not lately, lately, but ever since it came out, it never really garnered the respect I think it deserved. It was just, there wasn't a ton of depth to it. It was literally, let's have five different playing fields, and let's give you the opportunity to have a virtual Fighter-type fight with Star Wars characters. So, like, soul caliber or yeah yeah very soul caliber-ish
1: okay i never played it but i mean that sounds like a fine game were the controls good like was it did it work
0: the controls were very simple and easy it was it was an easy fight game maybe that's why a lot of people don't like it maybe the sound quality was really good they used quotes from the movie the music was great it was music directly from the movies the graphics for the time were pretty good I don't understand why people shit on it so much, but if you ever get a chance to play it, know that it is, like, first-generation PlayStation, so there's definitely some difference between then and now, but... Sure. On the opposite end of that spectrum, when the Wii came out, my first thought was, this is amazing, they need to make as many lightsaber games as possible. (laughs) And they did... (laughs) Like, The Force Unleashed was fun because you could use it to, you know, throw people around and shit like that. But they came out with another sort of lightsaber-type duel game based on the Clone Wars movie, the animated movie. Okay. And, oh, my God. Not so much? Oh, no. It is literally, like, well, it's the animated versions of the characters, for one thing. Which, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I'd rather see the characters. And, B, how you screw up being able to use your Wii remote as a lightsaber, I don't know. But they did. Because there are all these fancy things you're supposed to be able to let your Jedi do, and all you really are doing is really masturbating the air ferociously, and you can easily get through the game. There's no technique to it at all. And motion capture is not motion capture, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's still kind of in its infancy as far as games are concerned. You know, ever since the Power Glove, there's never been a great, you know, perfect, seamless transition. Uh, And I think we'll get there eventually, but for now, it's just kind of like this is the best you guys could do. This was so made just to capitalize on the fact that this movie just came out. Yeah. You put this together in five minutes. Animation's good. That's, that's about all I can say. Right. And I could be wrong about that, but. Well, I really,
1: I really, really liked the Bioware KOTOR games and the start of the Star Wars MMO.
0: Oh, yeah. Knights of the Old Republic.
1: Yeah. KOTOR was great, both one and two. They were fantastic.
0: Yeah. The first Knights of the Old Republic is just fucking incredible.
1: Uh, and the second one lives up to that. They're both, Solid, solid games. I don't know
0: that I ever played the second one.
1: So KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic, the first one was done by Bioware, and the sequel, KOTOR (laughs) 2, the Sith Lords, was kind of shopped out to Obsidian Entertainment, who's pretty famous for being the makers of Fallout New Vegas, Mm -hmm. and also KOTOR 2, and a couple other sequel games. Mm -hmm. They're super good at that. And both of those games were fantastic. Bioware, who by this time had been bought by EA... Though they had started development on the Star Wars MMO prior to that, EA bought them before it was put out, and then they kept exerting their influence over the years. But when it Mm. came out in 2011, it was really good. I'd played several MMOs since World of Warcraft, and when it started, it seemed like after a little while, it could at that point have become the WoW killer. Right. It wasn't. It never got to that point. But it had that potential at the beginning and it was truly enjoyable. And much like the KOTOR games, the storylines were incredibly malleable, mm-hmm. or they at least felt that way. And your character decisions had an impact on the things you were doing, even in an MMORPG, which is hard to do. Right. So the RPG storyline for your character in particular was very engaging. And I was incredibly emotionally invested in. A couple of the characters that I played because of how well the storyline was written. Right. That ended up kind of petering out. And then. As it always does. Yeah. They lost a lot of players and EA kind of meddled and made things weird. As they do. As they do. And now it's free to play, except not really because it's EA. So it's like free to play for like an hour. Right. (laughs) And it's kind of shitty because you don't get to play everything. Right. Anyway. But it was great to begin with. And. I think that the original storylines are still basically there, so you could still theoretically play just the RPG part of it without worrying so much about the MMO fiddling. Right. And have that be fine. And that's all LucasArts Expanded Universe stuff prior to Disney taking over.
0: Right. So that was really fun. And I think that's the beautiful thing. Of all the bitching that has been done about Star Wars in the past few years, I think that is the beautiful thing about what George Lucas gave us, is that most things fantasy related things sci-fi related things they do create worlds that's kind of what they're there for but it all boils down to character and to think that there have been so many things outside the original trilogy of star wars that have been created that this world was so fertile for, cre- for other people's creativity, yep. that they created so many characters. How many Star Wars things exist without a single character from the original trilogy that people have grabbed onto, that they love, and it's all based on the fact that this world and this universe was so beautifully created initially Yep, that it lended itself perfectly to that. And I think, if anything, you could look at it as an insult that, to George Lucas that people are actually kind of able to do it better than he did if he has nothing to do with it. I kind of think it's a testament to the man's initial idea and imagination.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right. It is a credit to a writer, literary, screenwriting, poet, whatever. Right. It's a credit to a writer to be able to world build in such a way that your readers, your viewers, actually feel as though they can live in that world with yes. you. Yes. It is a very, very hard thing to do to create a world that is so impactful, so yes. real, so emotionally investing as a place that a reader can just put themselves in it, right? And bring all of whatever they have with them to that world and have it fit. Yes, that's that's a huge gift. I have certainly done my fair share of bitching about George Lucas. And of course, we, we can all do have. that all day, but he did create a place that we all know how to visit.
0: It's like being in a relationship, a long-term relationship, with the love of your life. They are the only person that's going to be able to get under your skin that much. So we love George Lucas. We absolutely love him for what he gave us. Sometimes he really pisses us off. And if we weren't so passionate about him, he wouldn't piss us off at all. Like, a new Star Wars movie sucks.
1: Whatever. Yeah, like, I don't really care when an M. Night Shyamalan movie is terrible.
0: Yeah, you kind of expect it at this point.
1: (laughs) And I don't really care about M. Night Shyamalan or his movies. Right. So if it's terrible... It's terrible. I don't really give a shit. But when it's a when it's something Star Wars, it better goddamn well be good.
0: Right. And that's all because of him. So we yeah. love him, and that is exactly why he pisses us off so much sometimes. Yeah. So now it's enough stalling on my part. Have you been stalling? I think it's time to get to the part of the show that I've been the least looking forward to, <laughs> but it may be fun for you listening. Chris has got a couple of quizzes. I do. Quiz. Quiz. Well, let me just preface this real quick. Okay. I don't hate this because it's a bad idea. I don't hate this because I don't think it'll be fun. I hate this because I always think I'm a super fan of something, and then I realize I'm just not a detail-oriented person, and I so don't fare as well in these quizzes as I ever want to.
1: That's okay. It's It's honestly okay.
0: So you listening to this, do not, call me a poser Star Wars fan. God damn it.
1: That's right. Evan is as passionate and loving and enthusiastic about Star Wars as the biggest dork I've ever known. Thank you. And I really do mean that in the nicest possible way.
0: (laughs) Oh, I take it as an absolute compliment.
1: Okay, good. So what I did today is I went looking. My Google search was for hardest ever Star Wars quiz. Oh my
0: God. I'm going to fail this so No, no,
1: no. Hold on. I'm not done yet. And there are A bunch of entries for hardest Star Wars quiz, toughest Star Wars quiz you'll ever take. And seriously, it was, like, not hard at all. Like, instead of, this is the hardest Star Wars quiz ever, it was more like, have you ever seen Star Wars and paid any (laughs) attention
0: at all? Well, the Facebook posts love to do that. Like, if you know this, you're an expert. And it's like a Star Trek quiz. Like, who's the first officer in the Enterprise with the pointy ears? Yeah. Uh, uh, Mr. Spock. You're an expert.
1: Yeah. It was mostly like that. It was like, in a shocking revelation, this character claimed to be this other character's father. Really? (laughs) Fuck you.
0: Obi-Wan claimed to be Yoda's father, didn't he? Wasn't that what happened?
1: Yeah. So I went looking a little deeper. All right. I expanded my search terms, and I looked in places that you wouldn't normally look.
0: Is it bad of me that that sounds dirty? (laughs) Expanded your search terms?
1: Yeah, probably. And I have four short quizzes. Okay. That are varying degrees of difficulty, and and I've rejected some that were like, name the eight call signs of the droids that are never mentioned, except in this one random book that no one's ever read, or whatever. That's just ridiculous.
0: Fuck that.
1: So these are tough, but fair.
0: Okay, well, we've already established I don't know much about the Expanded Universe.
1: And I went through, I took all of these myself. Okay. And I am almost certain every single one of them is about just the first Three movies, mostly, and I think there are just a couple questions about the prequels. Okay. There may not even be those. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Quiz number one. Yes. Question one of 15.
0: What is question one of 15?
1: Before every Star Wars movie begins, George Lucas generously provides a short prologue to update viewers of events in the Star Wars galaxy, who is the only main character mentioned in the rolling prologue that precedes the events of the original Star Wars film. It's Princess Leia. You didn't even wait for my multiple choice, and you still got it right.
0: Oh, shit. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) I didn't realize it was multiple choice.
1: You got it right, so it doesn't really matter. Woohoo! Question two. The opening sequence of the original Star Wars film features a riveting battle between an Imperial Star Destroyer and a small freighter carrying Princess Leia. Aboard this freighter are R2-D2 and C-3PO. When we first see these two droids, who is accompanying them? Oh, it's a silver... Would you like the multiple choice, or do you know the answer? Yes, please. Another protocol droid, Princess Leia Organa... Death Star droid, another astromech droid.
0: It's another protocol droid. It's that silver one.
1: You are absolutely right. It is that silver one. And you said you didn't pay any attention.
0: You're goddamn right. That's going to be my an answer for everything now. I'm in season 3 rewatching Breaking Bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who is the first character to utter any kind of speech in the original Star Wars?
0: Uh, C3PO.
1: I love it. You're not even waiting for the multiple choices. You're correct. That in a thousand.
0: You're goddamn right.
1: In a last attempt to save stolen rebel plans to the Death Star, Princess Leia downloads them into R2-D2's memory banks. R2 and 3PO are then able to depart the freighter they are on using an escape pod. Why isn't their escape pod destroyed?
0: I know the answer, but is it multiple choice? It is. Okay.
1: The escape pod goes completely undetected. Imperial troops hold their fire as there are no life forms aboard. R2-D2 activates stealth mode on the escape pod. (laughs) The escape pod miraculously avoids being hit despite a shower of laser fire.
0: I mean, it is stormtroopers firing, Mm. or people that could be associated with stormtroopers firing, so D would be so tempting. But we all know it's B, because they're dumb. Just blow it up anyway, even though there's no life signs aboard.
1: Question five. Princess Leia is captured very early on in the first film by Darth Vader, who claims her correctly to be a spy. Leia denies this accusation, suggesting that she is a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to which planet? It's Alderaan. It is.
0: Okay. I, I was waiting for the, the multiple choice. Oh, okay, to start I
1: was thinking you would just jump right in.
0: <laughs> I mean, I want to. I want to every time, but I don't want to just jump in and be wrong. If I can get a multiple choice and be right, I'd rather wait.
1: <laughs> okay. Princess Leia tried to throw off her Imperial captors by telling them where the rebel base was located. What system did she send them off to investigate? A. Tatooine. B. Hoth. C. Naboo. D. Dantooine.
0: Dantooine. D.
1: Good.
0: Which we don't actually ever see Dantooine, do we?
1: Uh, Not in the originals, no. No. Question seven. C-3PO has a penchant for name-calling when it comes to conversations with his little buddy R2-D2. During an argument, just preceding their breakup after landing on Tatooine, C-3PO refers to R2-D2 by which of the following cruel phrases? Undersized rust bucket. Pile of completely uncouth nuts and bolts. (laughs) Round-headed galactic trash heap. Nearsighted scrap pile.
0: Um, A.
1: A? Undersized rust bucket? Yes. Incorrect.
0: oh uh, which one was it? Nearsighted Scrap Pile. It was- Ah, I didn't know that. Okay. Damn it, hole. I was hoping E would be,
1: Motherfucker! <laughs> ah, bitch, ah! Ah, bitch, ah! <laughs> as far as the viewer is able to observe, which of the two droids is forcibly taken by the Jawas?
0: I mean, this seems so easy I'm worried to answer.
1: Well, your choices are C-3PO, R2-D2, or both.
0: Well, they are both taken. Is this the one that you see taken forcefully is R2-D2.
1: As far as you're able to observe, forcibly taken.
0: Yes. R2-D2.
1: R2-D2 is correct. Question nine. The Jawas make their way to the humble abode of Owen and Beru. The intention is to sell several droids to this humble little family. Most importantly, it seems, is that they purchase a translator who speaks which language? A. Bachi B. Bothan C. Huttese Or D.
0: Shiriwook Shiriwook's completely made up, isn't it? It's Bachi. It is botchy. Or if they speak the language of artists, it would be biscotti.
1: <laughs> yes, I like to dip it in my tea. Yes. R2D2 is among the initial two choices made by Owen Lars for purchase. Yes or no?
0: No. Correct. They initially take the little red-headed, square-looking one. You are right. The ginger robot, which immediately fails on them, as gingers do.
1: Bonus question. Why didn't they keep him?
0: Because he exploded. <laughs> why? Why? Mm-hmm. Oh, why didn't they keep the their initial purchase?
1: Yeah, the red one.
0: Oh, is this a multiple choice?
1: No, this is just me asking. This isn't part of the quiz. It doesn't count for your As answer, they were I'm going off,
0: as they were walking away, uh huh. he kind of just completely blew yeah. a fuse. But I can't remember exactly what the problem was. No? No, I can't.
1: He's got a bad motivator.
0: Ah, see, the ginger's not motivated
1: to do <laughs> anything. When Luke and Obi-Wan first meet Han Solo... Han tells them his ship the Millennium Falcon made what run in less than what parsecs? I'll read them for you. Okay. The Corellian run in less than 22 parsecs. Nope. The Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. The Calrissian run in less than 12 parsecs or the Kessel run in less than 22 parsecs.
0: Oh, it's Kessel run in less than 12.
1: Well done. Everybody Thank really you. should know that. Yeah, pretty much. On board the Death Star, R2D2 locates where Princess Leia is being held prisoner. Where does C3PO tell Luke to find her? So pay attention. Yes. Level 1138, detention block THX. Level 5, detention block TK421. Level 5, detention block 3263827. Level 5, detention block AA23.
0: Before I answer, I would just like to make note that you would be a fantastic robotic, like, phone voice. Oh, thanks. Because you said level five exactly the same all three times as well, if- Well, I'm trying not to sway your answer. <laughs> no, it's A. It's THX 1138 because that was also the name of George Lucas's first movie.
1: You are incorrect.
0: <gasps> I am? You are. Oh.
1: Princess Leia is being held on level five, detention block three.
0: Oh, because her cell was THX 1138. Is that what it was?
1: Uh... Not quite.
0: I knew they threw that in somewhere. In
1: Stormtrooper disguise, Luke and Han pretend they have a Wookiee prisoner and tell Princess Leia's guards Chewbacca is a prisoner transfer from where? Cell Block 327, Cell Block 3263827, Cell Block 1138.
0: It's Cell Block 1138. 1138!
1: Yes, you are correct.
0: That's where they put it in. Motherfuckers.
1: When our heroes escape the Death Star, they are pursued by TIE Fighters. Han and Luke man the Falcon's quad laser turrets. How many did Luke shoot down? Two. And Han said...
0: Great job, kid. Don't get cocky. Well done. Thank you.
1: And finally, question 15. When Luke destroys the Death Star, how many ships escape the blast? And I do have the multiple choice for this if you'd like it.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Three. Luke's X-Wing, the Millennium Falcon, and Darth Vader's tie advanced. Nope. Four. Luke's X-Wing, the Millennium Falcon, wedge Antilles' damaged X-Wing, and a Y-Wing fighter. Five. Luke's X-Wing, the Millennium Falcon, Wedge Antilles' damaged X-Wing, a Y-Wing fighter, and Darth Vader's tie advanced, or three, Luke's X-Wing, the Millennium Falcon, and Darth Vader's tie advanced.
0: The only thing that's throwing me about this is I thought Wedge was long gone, because he left the battle right before Luke blew the ship. So it would kind of, what was he, just hovering around waiting to see if it blew? But I know there was a Y-Wing fighter there. So I'm going to go with the Millennium Falcon, Luke's X-Wing, Wedge's X-Wing, a Y-Fighter, and. Darth Vader's. So, five? Yes. You're correct. Yay! What was Wedge doing then?
1: (laughs) Wedge had pulled away because he lost his engine.
0: (laughs) Right, but he's like with the group on the way out, and you're just kind of like,
1: What the fuck were you doing He didn't go into hyperspace or whatever. He just went away from the Death Star.
0: Just to watch his friend die.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, you got 13 out of 15 correct. Yay! Yay for you! So, that was the first one.
0: It's going to get harder now, isn't it? I don't know. All right, let's find out.
1: The next two quizzes that I have I found on Absurd Trivia, by the way. Okay. And I went through every single Star Wars quiz on Absurd Trivia to come down to these two quizzes from Absurd Trivia.
0: So much pre-podcast work.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, I had a good time because I took a bunch of uh, quizzes about Star Wars and felt like a geek for an hour and a half. So whatever. Okay. So these ones we will score at the end. So I won't tell you if you're right until we get to the end.
0: Oh, boy. Okay.
1: Okay. One, which rebel pilot who goes on a run of both Death Stars, appears in all three films. A. Biggs. B. Luke. C. Wedge. D. Lando.
0: Wedge, man. Wedge and Tullus. Wedge, man.
1: Two. The female Rodian in Jabba the Hutt's audience chamber has hair styled in dreadlocks. True or
0: false? Oh. I mean, it's not really dreadlocks. God, that's a tough one. That's kind of a matter of opinion. I'm going to say false. Because they're not like, Huh. Well, let me really think it out. Because there's just two of them.
1: The female Rodian in Jabba the Hutt's audience chamber has hair styled in dreadlocks. True or false?
0: Uh, uh, i must say false.
1: Okay. Three. Which creature on Hoth captures Luke? A. Darth Vader. <laughs> B. Wampa. C. Tauntaun. D. Jawa. Wampa. Very good. Four. How many Imperial officers can you see when the Death Star fires its laser to destroy Alderaan? One, two, three, or four?
0: Hmm. I'm going to say one.
1: Five. Darth Vader is first seen looking out of the window of a regular Star Destroyer in Episode 5. True or false?
0: Hmm. No, it's false. He was in the Super Star Destroyer.
1: (laughs) Six. What does TIE stand for in TIE Fighter?
0: Twin Ion Engine.
1: (laughs) Very good. The other... The other options for this one are retarded. You ready? <laughs> yes. Okay, so there's twin ion engine. Yeah. Toilet in Eden, <laughs> turnips in engines, <laughs> or twins in Edinburgh.
0: <laughs> Jesus, they didn't even try. No, they didn't. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure that there is a fetish group for toilets in Eden.
1: I'm sure there is. Seven, does episode six Luke base his style of lightsaber handle on Anakin's?
0: Episode six, I'm trying to... Uh, no.
1: Number eight. There is only one window in the Emperor's Tower in Death Star 2. True or false?
0: Um, that's false. Okay.
1: Nine. How much money does Han Solo want in return for taking Luke and Ben to Alderaan? A. 9,000. B. 10,000. C. 14,000. Or D. 17,000.
0: I think it's 10. I'm not 100% confident in this, but I think it's 10.
1: Okay. And finally, <laughs> in the Battle of Yavin, there are three different types of rebel ships leaving the Death Star before it explodes. True or false?
0: This this is tricky because does the Millennium Falcon at this point count as a rebel ship? If no, then you only see X-Wings and Y-Wings leaving the Death Star when it blows true. up. Yes. If the Millennium Falcon counts as a rebel ship, then that has to be three. I'm going to veer on the side of they're trying to kind of trick me with this one, so I'm going to say two. Because they're not officially part of the rebellion at that point.
1: So you're saying false? Yeah, false. False. There are there are not three different types of rebel ships leaving. That's correct. Okay, you answered eight out of ten correctly.
0: Yay! What would I get wrong?
1: How many imperial officers can you see when the Death Star fires its laser Yeah, to destroy I was not sure about that one. Three. Okay. And I am sorry, there are three different types of rebel ships leaving the Death Star before it explodes in the Battle of Yavin. Does they
0: count the Millennium Falcon? Yes. Motherfuckers.
1: And they do actually say, like, I think it's kind of cute that you mentioned that because their little answer to why it was wrong. There are two X-Wings, a Y-Wing, and the Millennium Falcon. In parentheses, it counts as a rebel ship.
0: (laughs) Okay, fine. He's not really part of the Rebellion until he gets the medal, but fine.
1: I'm with you, but still, he's with the Rebellion at that point. You know, whatever.
0: He's certainly not a general at this point. No, no, no. Hmm.
1: Oh, and by the way, the question about the Rodian in Jabba the Hutt's chamber. Uh Uh-huh was a trick question because the one with the dreadlocks that you were thinking of is yeah. a twi-lek.
0: See, I was I was honestly leaning that way because the way the question was phrased, I was like, I yeah. bet it's not that chick.
1: Yeah, the Rodians are like the dude that Han shot, Greedo. Oh, okay. That's a Rodian. Yeah. That was a trick question, but you did well. <laughs> well, thank you. Okay, next quiz. Number one. Which planet is Hoth in the Hoth system? A, 6th, <laughs> B, ninth, C, 3rd, D, 8th. Oh, huh.
0: I'm I'm honestly taking a total shot at the dark on this. I'm going to say sixth. Sixth. Two. Although I want to say ninth. Yeah, fuck it. I'm going to say ninth.
1: Ninth. Two. On what level of the Death Star was Princess Leia being held prisoner? Four, three, five, or six?
0: F- 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 five.
1: Very good. You remember.
0: <laughs> remember what?
1: Three. Who was the first to volunteer to be on Han Solo's command crew on their mission to Endor? Luke, Chewie, Leia, or Lando?
0: Chewie. Well, it's going to be rough, pal. I didn't want to speak for you.
1: Very good. Number four. Many of which species died to get the Rebel Alliance information regarding the second Death Star? Ewoks, Sullestans, Bothans, or Gamorians? Bothans. Okay. Number five. What information did Luke obtain about Dagobah before he landed? A. Technology. B. Cities. C. No life forms. Or D. Massive life forms.
0: Massive life forms.
1: Good. Also, I think landed is something of a generous description <laughs> for what bit, happened. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he pulled a total Harrison Ford into that plan.
1: <laughs> yes, he did.
0: He forded. He didn't land.
1: Yes. Six. How wide was the target area the rebel pilots had to fire at when attacking the Death Star? One meter, two meters, three meters, four meters, or five meters?
0: Two meters.
1: Two meters. Seven. When did Han expect to arrive at Alderaan? Oh, 500 hours? Oh, 300 hours? Oh, 400 hours. Oh, 200 hours.
0: Oh, fuck. Um, I honestly don't remember. I'm going to say, oh, 200. I don't know why, but that's okay. what I say.
1: Eight. According to C-3PO, in how many locations was the tractor beam coupled to the main reactor on the Death Star? Six, seven, nine, or eight?
0: <laughs> oh. Six.
1: Number nine. Who said, quote, they can't have disappeared? No ship that small has a cloaking device. Was it? A General Veers, B Captain Piet, C Admiral Ozel, or D Captain Nita.
0: You know, I really get confused with these guys. I know who Admiral Ozel is, but don't a lot of the other guys look almost exactly the same? I'm gonna say it's Captain Nita.
1: Captain Nita. Ten. Who was Luke Skywalker's tail gunner in the Battle of Hoth? A Wedge Antilles, B Dak Ralter, C Derek Clivian, D West Jansen.
0: or E. Bucky! Bucky! It was Dak.
1: Very good. 11. What did Han Solo ask Chewbacca to bring him when he was trying to repair the hyperdrive motivator? A. A coupling. B. A hydrospanner. C. A negative ionizer. Or D. A dampening axis.
0: Hmm. See, my initial thought was to say coupling, but I think it's a negative ionizer, so we'll go with that.
1: Okay. And finally, 12. What did the Rebel Alliance use on Hoth to allow its transports to get past the Imperial blockade? Cloaking devices, a plasma cannon, an ion cannon, or a planetary turbo laser.
0: Ion cannon. You
1: ready for your answers?
0: As in, like, I got my eye on this cannon, y'all. It's big.
1: You scored 75%.
0: What'd I get wrong?
1: The planet of Hoth is, in fact, the sixth planet Ow, in the Hoth fuck. system. And according to C-3PO, the tractor beam is coupled to the main reactor on the Death Star in seven places. Oh, And Han Solo asked Chewbacca to bring him a Hydra Spanner to repair the hyperdrive motivator.
0: Oh, motherfucker.
1: Okay, but you're still doing pretty well, more than passing.
0: Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm going to ace the final.
1: The last quiz is actually the hardest one. Oh, fuck. My hubris has doomed me already! No, I actually surprisingly found this on Huffington Post. Okay. And it's basically... The most difficult Star Wars quiz you will ever take. Proof it says.
0: that the geeks have inherited the earth is that yeah, someone right. writing for the Huffington Post knows all this shit.
1: Okay, this is a twenty question quiz. Okay. And this is also a multiple choice. So if you okay. want the multiple choice answers, I will read them out for you. Uh, I do. What is the correct spelling of Chewbacca's homeworld? And you have four options of okay. the spelling of Kashyyyk. It is with one y. Okay. Two y's. Three y's. Or four Ys, otherwise identical as K-A-S-H-Y to four Ys, K.
0: I want to say two, just because I know there's two of something. Initially, I wanted to say there were two Ks at the end of Kashyyyk, but I'm going to say it's two Ys.
1: You and nearly 50% of the other people taking that quiz said two Ys, and you were all wrong.
0: Ah, what is it?
1: Three Ys.
0: It's three? Well, that's just dumb.
1: (laughs) I agree, but that's the answer.
0: Kashik.
1: Kashyyyk. Two, what is the name of the giant space slug the Millennium Falcon narrowly escapes? Ooh. The Exogigantus, <laughs> the Exogorth, the Leechalak, or the Exominok?
0: Well, Exominok wouldn't make any sense, I don't think, because the Minoks lived inside it, and they were a completely different species.
1: Sure, but Exo does mean outside.
0: Yeah, but it's not like he's the exoskeleton of a Minok. <laughs> He's the
1: outside Minoc. Yeah. He's the Minoc on the outside.
0: Like, they don't call us exobacterians. What were the first three again?
1: Exogigantis. I don't think that's right. Exogorth. Leecholac.
0: Mm, yeah, I'm going to go see Leecholac.
1: Just because it's different?
0: I don't know. It's between those two. It's between the Exogorth and the Leecholac for me, but I'm going to say Leecholac.
1: Exogorth was the correct answer. God damn it. Number three. Who is the alien in Mos Eisley's Cantina who initially doesn't like Luke? Dr. Cornelius Evazan. Salacious B. Crumb, Forlom, or Ponda Baba? Ponda Baba. Well done. Talked about him on our last Star Wars episode. You're
0: goddamn right.
1: (laughs) Four. What is the class and number of the Millennium Falcon? Fire Spray 31 Patrol and Attack Craft, Tantive IV CR-90 Corvette, YT-1300 Light Freighter, or T-65?
0: It's a Corvette.
1: The Tantive IV CR-90 Corvette? Yes. Incorrect, and I'm very disappointed in you. Oh! It is the YT-1300.
0: Oh, you're goddamn not right. Yeah, I've heard it referred to as a Corvette before, though. Like, not mm-hmm. like the car. No, that's what threw me. I don't know why that word completely clued me in.
1: Okay. No, a Corvette, like the Corellian Corvette, was the one that was escaping from the Superstar Destroyer at the beginning. That's
0: what confused me. Okay.
1: Okay. Five. What is the actual name of the cantina where Obi Wan and Luke meet Han and Chewie? A. Bibble's Bar. B. Chalmun's Spaceport Cantina. C docking bay 94 port or d 80s port cantina
0: (sighs) i honestly don't know we'll say we'll go bibble's bar because it sounds fun
1: bibble's bar no it is chalman's spaceport cantina
0: motherfucker bibble's bar sounds like something out of lord of the rings
1: it kind of does actually would
0: you like to get a beer at bibble's bar
1: bibble's bar six what is the name of the malfunctioning astromech droid uncle owen chooses before r2d2 ig88 r2d1 R5-D4, R4-E-E. R5-D4. Correct. Yay! Number seven. The stormtrooper Luke Skywalker assumes the identity of goes by what call sign? TK-427, TK-421, TK-422, or he has no call sign? Mm. Maybe as a clue, we have actually talked about this specifically before on the podcast.
0: Yeah, and for some reason I want to say TK-421, but... I think I'm confusing the conversation that Han has, because I don't think they ever say what his call sign is. I'm going to go with none.
1: It is TK421. Oh, motherfucker! TK421, why aren't you at your post?
0: I thought they were talking to Han.
1: No, that is Luke. Motherfucker. Eight. What garbage masher unit are Luke, Leia, and Han temporarily trapped in on the Death Star? I got this one wrong.
0: What, is it the only one you've gotten wrong so far?
1: No, I... Th- I think i also got the name of the cantina wrong
0: i oh, would stop showing off
1: no <laughs> i'm not showing off what garbage masher unit are luke leia and han temporarily trapped in on the death star three two six b eight two seven three two seven three eight two six three two four three eight two seven or three two six three eight two seven
0: jesus christ yeah i'll say the last one okay
1: you are correct oh yeah
0: that was the closest I have had to just a genuine guess so yeah. far.
1: I, mine for that was a total guess, and I was just wrong. It's just, <laughs> I just didn't know. <laughs> Number nine. What is the full name of Luke's gunner during the Hoth battle? Dak Ralter?
0: It's that Dak one. Dak Wendo? Oh, Dak oh, 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 oh. Never mind, never mind. Keep going.
1: Okay. Let me do it Let me do it again. Dak Ralter, Dak Wendo, Dak Plo, or Dak Jansen?
0: Hmm. I honestly don't remember his last name.
1: Um, as another clue... His full name was given on the last quiz
0: you took here. I know. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not Dak Jensen. I want to say Dak Jansen, but I don't think that. I'll go with Dak Jansen.
1: You were right the first time before you heard all the answers. Oh it God, damn Dak it. Ralter. <laughs> Ten. What initial attack pattern does Luke order all Snow Speeder pilots to execute on Hoth? Echo, Delta, Alpha, or Bravo? Echo, Delta. Ah. You're halfway no, I just, done. I just
0: meant there was something wrong with Skype. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, was I was not echo. You're repeating really yourself.
1: <laughs> 11. What number planet in the Hoth system is the Rebel base located on? 3rd, 4th, 8th, or 6th? 6th. Uh, <laughs> well done.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. 12. What is the name of Lando's Millennium Falcon co-pilot in the attack on the second Death Star? Bib Numb? 10 Numb? C.O. Bibble? Or Nyan Numb?
0: Nine num nine nine, nine,
1: nine. nine none. Yes, that is correct.
0: Nay-nong. <laughs> Another vaguely racist yes. character, by the way. George Lucas got something against Asians, man.
1: Yeah, for real. Thirteen in the opening crawl of Return of the Jedi. Other than the title, what is the only phrase capitalized? Death Star, Lord Vader, Galactic Empire, or the Emperor?
0: Oh boy, it's Galactic Empire, isn't it?
1: It is. Good job. It's comeback, bitches. <laughs> Fourteen. What is the name of the band performing in Jabba's palace? The Max Rebo Band, the Prax Star Killer Five, Drubs Nub Nubs, <laughs> or Ever Orbis and his Galactic Jizz Whalers?
0: I w- okay. I wish it was that one. <laughs> I also would have taken Drubs Nub Nubs because that sounds vaguely dirty, but it's Max Rebo.
1: It is Max Rebo. You are absolutely correct. <laughs>
0: Fifteen.
1: What is the race of aliens guarding Jabba's palace? Ugnots, Rodians, Twi'leks, or Gamorians?
0: Gamorians.
1: Very good.
0: Hey, I might get just over 50% on this one.
1: You might. 16. In Return of the Jedi, how many speeder bike laser blasts does Luke deflect with his lightsaber?
0: Hmm. One,
1: two, three, or four. I think, I think it was three. It was three. Yeah. 17. Where does the Sarlacc in Return of the Jedi live? <laughs> the Dune Sea. The pit of Nalhutta, the Great Pit of Carcoon, or Beggar's Canyon.
0: The Great Pit of Carcoon.
1: Yes. eighteen. You're on a roll.
0: I'm I'm doing good. Don't 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 jinx my flow. Let's okay. keep, keep it going.
1: What specific machine does Uncle Owen need C three PO to communicate with? A condenser, a moisture evaporator, a power converter, or a binary load lifter?
0: A moisture evaporator.
1: Correct. Nineteen? Who was not a bounty hunter hired by Darth Vader to track down the Millennium Falcon? Okay. Forlom, IG-88, Boosh, or Zuckus?
0: I think it's Zuckus. It was Boosh. Oh! I thought he was the lizard-looking guy.
1: Uh, no, Boosh is the little bounty hunter getup that Leia's got on when she goes to the palace.
0: Oh, okay.
1: 20. Finally, what game do R2-D2 and Chewbacca play aboard the Millennium Falcon? Darnik? Dijarik? Drawback or Darnook?
0: Drawback. Isn't that Drawback?
1: No, it is Dajarek. You got 11 out of 20 on the final score. Oh,
0: I just cleared 50%. That is not a passing grade. I am hanging my head in shame.
1: Let me add them all up. You got a 72%. Ah. All told, across the board, you got to see.
0: Huh. I don't want to be average with Star Wars. <laughs> but at least I passed.
1: You did pass, which is more you than most well. people
0: would be able to do.
1: Honestly, a lot of the ones that you got wrong, it was because you second-guessed your actual right answer. Yeah, that's true. Or that you kind, you did know it. Maybe it was like one or two, and you just happened to pick the other one. So yeah, you know. I mean, right I on think the tip of the honestly, for somebody who honestly, you're right. You just don't pay that close attention to remember that sort of minutia. I think you did really well. I'm for so yourself.
0: not a minutiae person at all.
1: <laughs> you did very well. I'm very proud of you.
0: Well, thank you, and that was fun, and Star Wars is fun, and we love it all, and if you out there listening to this, maybe you followed along with this test, and you want to send us your scores. Don't lie, you motherfuckers. (laughs) But if they wanted to do that, if they wanted to email us that or anything else about uh, Star Wars or just our show in general, how would they do that, Carissa?
1: They can email us at gmail, lucky10,000, all spelled out, lucky10,000 at gmail.com, or catch us on Twitter at lucky10k.
0: Excellent. And as always, we are on Stitcher and iTunes as well. If you want to give us a five-star review on either of those platforms, we will read it out on the show. So I hope you have enjoyed this. Really, the best thing you can do for us, even better than giving us a review, is sharing us with your friends because nothing helps a podcast like word of mouth. If you like this and you know other like-minded people that might you know don't give me too much shit for only getting average on the star wars quiz but pass it on to your non-judgmental friends well even your judgmental friends just tell them not to contact us and um, (laughs) i think that's everything so i hope you guys have a great may the 4th and i hope you got lucky tonight
1: good night nerds may May the the fourth be with with
0: you you. thank you for being a part of the lucky Ten Thousand with your hosts evan and carissa Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at Lucky, underscore, 10K. And, visit our podcast network site, at beardedpodsnetwork.com.